0: Hey guys, in this podcast, we've extracted the audio from a talk that I did at the Amazing Jake's House Church on October 14th, 2017 on God-like creativity in the process of bringing something into being. Hope you enjoy this. Don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast on iTunes. You can get there at thedarenshow.com. Thanks for listening to The Supernatural's Podcast Show. Here we go. Protecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. Ha <laughs> ha created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> there is more. He said what? So it's our honor to have Darren Stott with us tonight. I just so want you to stand up and give him some honors. He comes up. Come on, let's just honor him. You guys, you just did that because he told you to. Sit down, sit down. Now, how are you guys doing? You doing well? Me too. Praise God. If you got your Bibles, let's go. Genesis chapter 1. We're at a conference called Create, and so we might as well go to the beginning. i got to say, I'm just honored to be here at Create conference, because if there's one topic that floats my boat, it's this topic. Creates I've been preaching recently with background soundtracks, which is totally weird, but it's just my it's my thing. And and so recently at Sarah i Center, like when I go up, I have background soundtracks and like and when I get really inspired, I can hit a gangster rap soundtrack and, and our whole place will stand up and start going gangster. It's just like 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 we got like you know 70 or eight, 75. like Throwing down. I, didn't, I didn't bring any of that tonight, but if, if, if things get flying off the hook, I might just throw this mic to Andrew, and we might just have to start going gangster. You know what I'm saying? Ha, gospel gangster style. There's something about creating, and so how many of you know that we've been created in the image and likeness of a creator? So declare over yourself right now, I am highly creative. Yeah. We, we've, been, we've been taught some poor information in the past that creatives are people that highly function well on the right side of their, of their brain. So people that are artistic and, and have a way with words, uh, people that love and enjoy colors, that they are uh, right-brained, they're a lot of fun to hang out with, but you don't want them preparing your taxes, amen? And, then, uh, and they are the ones that should go to the CREATE conference. And then there are the ones that prepare your taxes, you know, and, 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 they, and they, they can't draw to save their lives, you know, they can't, and, and they can't, you know, and so there's been this left-brained, right-brained, I'm a creative, you're not, right, um, I'm the free spirit, you're the, you're the, you're the geek there's been this, this, this thing even within, within the church, and we've just completely missed it. In fact, um, the, uh, there is a shift within the church, and I love cultures like Jake's house, that you guys have had Teresa Edmund come in, and, and I just love uh, what's been coming out of Bethel. And it's this message that we all have been created in the image and likeness of a creator, um, therefore we are all highly creative. And, and um, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Genesis 1, everybody there? Okay, in the beginning, everyone say, in the beginning, there was a Create conference. That's what my Bible said. In the beginning, there was a Create conference. Absolutely. It was super epic. God created the heavens and the earth, verse 2, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I, I love this, because um, this, the Bible says that in the beginning there was a create conference, and here's the Holy Spirit, and what's He doing? <laughs> hovering. Some of you tonight, you feel like Holy Spirit. What are you doing? I don't know. I feel like I'm hovering. (laughs) Hovering where? In the darkness, in the void, in the chaos, in the problems. In the beginning was a complete and total mess. In the beginning was darkness, void, chaos, all this stuff. And in the middle of all that nonsense is the Holy Spirit hovering with anticipation. Chaos is the perfect place for creation to begin. And God is not intimidated by your chaos. And if there is chaos in some area of your heart or some area of your life, that's just an opportunity for Holy Spirit and you to partner and to begin to (laughs) hover. We're learning to hover. Creation or creating always begins with the hovering with the hovering. So this is what we see here, Holy Spirit is hovering. And what we actually begin to see is we begin to see um, uh, the act of creation, or justice. Because uh, what the Lord does is He steps into that, and He uses all of these ingredients. He uses the chaos, He uses the darkness, He uses the void, and then He begins to bring order. And that's what the Hebrews would understand as justice. The act of stepping into the fracturing. And working with the broken ingredients, and bringing shalom, which is the restoration and the function of things the way they were created to function. So here is our Father, the great Creator, and in this hovering, and in this hovering, and in this place, He begins uh, speaking. And I believe that we are being awakened in this time to who we are, to where we are, whose we are. Yep, yep, yep. I believe that creating requires awakening. We need an identity shift. We need to shift from this place of thinking that I am a highly creative individual, or I'm not a highly creative individual. You are created in the image and likeness of a creator, therefore there is a desire in you To to jump into, to lean into the uncertainty. As much as we love certainty, you were created for the uncertainty. There's something about the uncertainty that Jesus loved. Jesus was always attracted to uncertainty. When things start getting too pretty, we got to look out because that's not the gospel. The gospel has always taken us into the uncertainty. That whenever things start to get really, really pretty and really kind of formulaic and kind of traditional, then look out. we just become religious, despite, despite whatever charismatic way that we frame up revival, that when it becomes predictable, it's no longer revival because revival is, it's it's that drawing into the uncertainty. It's the place of you can stay in the boat with everybody else, or you can get your eyes on Jesus and get out of the boat, and to do something that is not normal, it's not logical, to begin to walk on something that should not sustain you. In Jake's house you're about to step into some uncertainty, but God will sustain you in the uncertainty, and God will flex his certainty in the midst of the uncertainty. And so creativity requires awakening. Declare yourself, I am being awakened into the identity of who I am. Do you believe that tonight? Then shout to the Lord because He's good and His mercy endures forever. Yes, yes, yes. There will be justice in your life. There will be justice within your family. There will be justice in this city. There will be justice in this region. As we are awakened to the reality that things are the way that they are because of a lack of government. And what we need is creative government. And I'm not even talking about local political government. I'm talking about the government of the kingdom of heaven. And when we talk about government, we're talking about authority. Creativity requires authority because if you carry no authority, you never will step out with any of your ability because you don't think you deserve to speak up. You don't think you deserve to function. You think you're just an employee, and it's time that we step out of the employee mentality, and we step into a kingdom mentality where we know that we are governing ones functioning on the earth underneath the government of heaven, and we realize that we are being awakened that we (laughs) whoa! Hey! Hey! Awakened! Wow! Awakened! awakened to the reality and the certainty of our sonship. Who You can't do that. Who do you think you are? I'm a son, I belong here. I'm a son, I belong here. I got authority. So we're being awakened to our authority. And then when you get a revelation of your authority, you begin to function differently in places where insecurity has ruled you. In those places where you've traditionally disappeared, in those places where you t- traditionally lost your voice, all of a sudden you find your voice, and all of a sudden, when everybody's freaking out, you get the twinkle in your eye. How many of you, how many of you have lost the twinkle? And how many of you, your marriage used to have the twinkle? The, there used to be creativity in your marriage, in your relationships, in your economics, in your sexuality. There was creativity, there was this vibrant, See, there was this, this place of bringing into being. There's awakening in the house of God. There's awakening in the kingdom of God. There's awakening in businesses. There's awakening in government and the church, the people of God are starting to rule and reign not just in heavenly places, but in heavenly places and in earthly places. Yep, absolutely just declare I'm being awakened to who I am. Hovering in the chaos, hovering in the uncertainty, getting revelation, ascertaining the data. How about obtaining the data? Getting my download. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. Don't look at me. Just close your eyes here and go there. Say, I'm ready for the data. Being awakened. Being awakened. In the beginning God creates. It's your beginning. Sometimes we get so obsessed about the end times, not realizing that the end times is actually the beginning, because we read the Revelation thinking that's the end of the book. But Revelation ain't the end, it's just the beginning, so Revelation is actually Genesis. You get to the end, it's not the end, it's actually the beginning. We're not coming into the end times, we're coming into the beginning times. Which means that no matter how old you are, in light of eternity, what's age? It's time to create. It's time to create a thing. It's time to declare a thing. It's time to step out of decay mentality. You're not in your season of decay. I did my thing on the earth and now I'm wrapping things up. No, if you're part of the kingdom, you're still building a thing up. I'm hearing it in my head. I'm just telling you, I'm hearing it in my head. Okay, beloved, let's look at verse 26. Check it out. Then God said, let us make man in our... What? What Say what? Did you, did you just read that? Then God... You know what that means? that God wasn't creating alone. I mean, we already saw Holy Spirit there, and we all know and believe in the glory of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think this is important that we realize that creativity requires collaboration, and that this is the model given to us even in the beginning, that the Father didn't create in isolation. Yep, yep, but what he did is he, is he came within the context of community, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, already perfect in and of themselves, all this glory, all this love, all this beauty, and it's all these rivers going to and fro, connecting them, all their hearts, they're, they're radically different, radically the same, same ultimate goal purpose, and it says, let us make man in our own image, and God created him, male and female, he created them. That's why there's such a battle for your isolation. Because in isolation, that's where dreams die. To get us to disappear. That's why there's that thing that, that, right when you, how come, like right when I chose to re engage, that guy said the thing I didn't want him to say. I said I wasn't going to go back to church. I haven't been to church in how long, and then I go to church, and then that dude says that thing, and that woman did that thing, and you, that was an inappropriate hug, and it went too long, and it, but I, I, I'm not, I just, I am done with the church, and even in the church, there's a lot of anti church. Rhetoric, And even within a lot of streams and a lot of things, you hear a lot of post church this and post that and that. You don't have to be in community and you can stay in your jammies and watch YouTube. I'm telling you, if you get confined to your living room, sticking in your jammies, watching Jake's, I love the Jake's, but I'm telling you, if that is the, if that is the sole existence of your kingdom expression, that isolation will cost you your destiny. That isolation will cost you. I, I, I can preach this because I was that guy. You think you didn't like the church? You think your kids don't like it? I don't care how, much, how your kids are written off. I wrote off the church more than your kids wrote off the church. I wrote off pastors more than. any anyway, I was done with the church. <laughs> I was done with denominations. I was done with all that. So I could talk the smack on. The problem with the church. I'm selling Bill Cosby tonight. The problem with the jello church. that's like, well, that's what I was. That's what I was. I, I mean, I could, I was not a fan of the church. And then all of a sudden, God set me up. And this lady called me up and she began rebuilding the church that my grandpa was there, and my dad was there. And I was no longer there. this was the source of my identity of every of everything that that I was, and I went to school there and just it's crazy what can happen in a year it's crazy like all, every prophetic word I ever received i just just, well, that must not be anything anymore. Like, my mom and dad, Assembly of God pastors, never fought once in front of me, and now they're getting a divorce. And I, no explanation, and no, what's going on? I, I have no idea. All, all I know is is, is now, like, now i got to figure everything out. And I, I thought we were in the end times, in the very last move of God, and that my grades didn't matter because Jesus was coming back. And now, and now i got a 2.6 grade point average, and the counselors tell me I ain't going to NYU. And maybe a community college would accept me, going to a new school where I don't know And I'm just like, this is so lame. And now this lady wants to come back, begin rebuilding this church, and I'm like, a lady wants to be a pastor? A lady! So, out of respect for her, because I knew her and, and just friends of our family, I met with her and she began uh, repenting and apologizing for all this stuff that, that she didn't do. I said, I don't understand why you're apologizing. She said, Someone needs to. And I said, Well, just out of respect for her, I just say, I forgive you without even realizing that when I chose to forgive, I actually opened up the door of my heart for the Lord to come in and start working on me without my permission. <laughs> Forgiveness is dangerous. I was like, it's cool. I forgive you. And all of a sudden the Lord's like, okay. Come on in, you know. And he started working on me. And now I love, but here's the point. My destiny was linked to a very specific community. And that there was a war for my isolation. Creativity happens in collaboration. Without Steve Jobs, there wouldn't have been a Bill Gates, and without Bill Gates, there would have been a Steve Jobs, because they partnered together in their first company, where in that unique collaboration, they started creating on the earth what's never existed before. And part of the problem within the kingdom expression is that there's been so much alienation and fragmentation that people are trying to create their own things in isolation, isolated communities and people wanting to build their own kind of empires and I'm telling you that empire way of thinking is so 1997. (laughs) Because God's doing a new thing that's based on a foundation of honor and relationship. And in this place of kingdom collaboration, we're stepping into supernatural innovation where anything will be possible because we've got communities that believe and they're partnering together not for their own name, not for their own fame, but for the glory of the Lord. And to see expressions and geographic locations where heaven is manifesting on the earth. I'm talking about the kind of places where the people of God leave, but heaven doesn't leave, and the wah-wah continues, even after everyone's left the building, and people are driving by. They're just driving by, and they feel the wah wah So let me ask you a question now. So are you saying, let us create? Is there an us in your life? Who is the us? And what are you working on? What are you hosting in your heart? There needs to be an us in this conversation. There needs to be an us. And if there's stuff within your heart that's been keeping, it, keeping you isolated, just me, myself, and I, then you get, to, you get to come up to a new level right now in this moment by making a decision to forget all that which lays behind, to engage with forgiveness. Say, I forgive. I don't even know why I'm saying it, but I forgive. I'm going to move on. There's going to be an us. And within the context of collaboration, I'm going to step in and engage with creation. It doesn't matter who you are. You might be an engineer. You might be a stay-at-home mom. You might be a youth pastor. It doesn't matter who you are. You were born to create. Create something. To step into some sort of chaos and start bringing shalom, justice, justice. This is a justice conference because anytime you begin creating something, anytime you begin pulling the contents that have been downloaded into your heart, you take that expression and then there's a manifestation in this realm where you can see it with your eyes, there's a form of justice and renewal on the earth. A musician steps down and takes his acoustic guitar out and begins to compose a piece in his bedroom. And he begins to play a song, and it's not been written before on any sort of paper. It's flowing from his heart. And he takes out his phone and he hits record, and he begins to catch it. He begins to play it, and seconds later it's going on to his Facebook page, and one person it resonates with their heart, and then another person begins to resonate in their heart. And there's a girl who's contemplating suicide and has no hope, and without words, the hope of Christ Jesus. The hope of glory begins to come off of the notes and begins to fill her car where she's driving down the road. And she gets so blessed by it that she hits the share button, and that goes out to all her friends. And everybody's no one's being triggered because there's no words, but there's an anointing on the men. It's a boy in his bedroom worshiping the Lord on his guitar, and it's all this beauty and all this human flourishing and all this creativity and all this justice and all this order because a son begins to engage and begins to communicate through his guitar. what's resonating in his heart. The heaven is inside of him and is being so bold to share with the world, to share with the few. And we are in an era now where sharing has never been so easy, where generosity has never been so easy. Where in one night something can go viral and a generation can get changed, in a night from a boy in his living room that had the courage to create and to share and to care and to release the justice. you are at Justice Conference tonight. (laughs) Here's the part that messes with me. Okay, how long did it take God? This is God. How long did it take Him to create the heavens and the earth and all the planets and animals and all that? It's not a trick question, I promise you. All right, six days, we're all in agreement? And then on the seventh day, now that's God. How many of you does that mess with you a little bit? First of all, why did it take him six days? That's silly. Come on. Did it have to take him six days? It's God. Why couldn't he just said, everything that I'm hosting within my heart, all the desires and everything that I want to see manifested, let it be. That's good. Could not God have done that? Could yeah? Could not? And then why did God have to rest? That's just silly. Like, come on. Like, He was just speaking. I mean, the hardest thing He had to do was play with the dirt when He created me. Like, He played with dust. You, you know what I'm saying? And then He's like, "Ooh wee." Now it's time for Netflix, right? Like, like why did like why? That's crazy. That wait, uh, it is right. Like if I was writing it, I wouldn't have. Now God doesn't watch Netflix. I, it, hopefully, it or does he? Okay, so uh, <laughs> he's like, I, whatever's on there right now. Um, here's, check it out. Stay focused, guys. Here's. Here's. There's. There's, a, there's something that's being established here, and it's being established on our behalf. He's actually modeling, in his creation, he's actually creating a pattern for us creatives. Within his creation, he is creating a creation within his creation. What's, what, what is it? He's, I don't remember what I said. He's, he's showing us that creativity requires time. Because this messes with me. It took God time to create, or he created time and then honored what he created to function within it. Because up to that point in time, there was no time or space. He functioned outside of it, so he created it, he honored it, he submitted himself to time, and then he began creating. Now God did that. What makes you different? And why are you saying, I quit, when something doesn't manifest according to your (laughs) timeline? Like if God honored and submitted himself to time, Isn't it time for us to submit ourselves to time and stop allowing time to be the enemy? Time is not the enemy. Time is the blessing. The problem is that when we choose to not create in time, then we're robbing the world of our influence in that heaven and that glory that's inside of us of that hope of Christ Jesus that's within sight of us. But once you begin creating, don't expect for what you started today to be accomplished tomorrow. That what you perceived in the spirit today is going to be fully manifested tomorrow. That's not the way it works in Genesis. That's not the way it works with the Father. And so in the beginning, God began. This is your beginning. It's time to begin. This is not your revelation. Well, this is your revelation moment. It's your Genesis moment. It's time to begin. In the beginning, God began. It's your beginning. It's time to begin. Listen now. Creatives create. And without beginning, there's no creation. So you can be the most creative person in the world, but if you're not creating, you're robbing the world of all this glory and all this human flourishing because humanity needs stories and humanity needs music. Without it, we'd be lost. And humanity needs architecture. We need structure and infrastructure. And I was chatting with Daniel Company on the way here and said, look around you. Everything you see has been created from the birds, the sun, the moon, and the stars to the road that we're driving on and the signs that you see that there's this great collaboration between heaven and earth. It's infrastructure. It's order. It's justice. It's shalom. It's someone that hovered in the chaos and said, we're going to need a sign there. Someone hovered in the, in, the, in, the, in the chaos and said, it's time for a speed limit law. It takes time. That everyone from Edison to Da Vinci, some of the most wild creatives that we've seen within humanity, that these moments of inspiration and revelation didn't happen in a moment. Even, even the, the story of the apple that proved that the force of gravity was not did not take place in just a moment. That took place through collaboration and conversation, and then the memory of the apple falling from the tree. And so many times you see someone's story, they weren't here yesterday, they're here today. You think that that happened in a moment, and it didn't, it took a a life, it took experience, it took pain, it took practice, it took 10,000 hours according to Malcolm Gladwell. It takes time, it takes time that anything worth devouring. Takes time for it to exist. It's time to stop cursing time. It's time for time to be a blessing. It's time to start creating. It's time to get everything kind of going. It's time to start many different projects at one time, knowing it will take time and they will begin manifesting at different times. Write your book. Write your song. It's not going to be done in a moment. It's going to take... Your business plan over here, painting lessons over here, you have permission. You're not artistic. When someone tells you that, just say, who told you that? Obviously you don't know me according to the spirit, you must know me according to the flesh. Silly. Silly you. Listen now, if God can begin doing a new thing, why can't you? If God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing, then when was the last time you did a new thing? Behold, it's time for you to do a new thing and stop waiting for God to do a new thing. (laughs) I'm just right. <laughs> Is it interesting though when you see the ministry of Jesus and how Jesus functioned? He said that everything I do here, I first saw there. And if you hear me say it, it's because I first heard it. So if you hear me say it here, it's because I first heard it there, and then I spoke it here. And then when I spoke it here, something that was already there manifested here. So here you have the pattern, son operating according to the pattern of his father. And you see Jesus creating. So he says, I see it, I speak it, and then there it is. We've got to start creating time to see and to hear. Because life just becomes this series of hamster wheels, commitments, things that we just jump into and run, 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 run. You know, um, people tell me all the time, Darren, I was going to call you, but you're so busy. And usually, without fail, I will stop them and say, I'm not busy. And without fail, they laugh at me. They laugh at me. They laugh at me. The reason why I correct them is because I don't want them speaking that over me. You see, the moment you believe that you're busy, you've just given yourself permission to engage with the spirit of chaos and insanity. And what you're saying is that all these factors and forces and things that you committed to 5, 10, 15 years ago have permission to rule and dictate your feelings and personality and frame up where you're going. I ain't busy. Don't put that on me. Maybe you're busy. I am lording over my life because the Lord has given me authority to manage life's affairs. I have not abrogated my leadership. Everything that I'm doing right now, I'm doing because I love it. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. There's, there's times when things are lame. Lame conversations. Whatever else. Lame things. It's not that every day is glory. Every day, every day is the bliss. You're lying. Stop it. Yes, there are. Yes, there are lame days. There are roller coaster days. One day I'm I'm a re- revivalist, and one day I'm like, "Am I even saved?" And or can we just be honest? Yeah. But the truth is, is that I am not busy. Don't put that on me. I am. I feel like I am. I just love what God is. Yeah. You guys don't even know. <laughs> I got all the, I got the, this oh, just all this cre- creation all around me, all this cre- and and, it's be- and people see all these things and projects and things and services and all stuff, and they think that, that that they think that I'm doing that all by myself, and that's why they think that I'm busy. But I'm not. I'm running with one of the most insane teams you've ever seen function, people that people that are living their dream. Yeah, people like Linda Boone and Jeanette Worm and people like Sandy Honda. you know, these people that are, they are running and they're doing their thing, and they are like their life is like this living poetry, and because they are coming into their thing, I'm coming into my thing. And people just see the outcome, and it looks like a lot of wild stuff kind of everywhere. and it didn't just happen. And guess what? This time next year, if you if you if, 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 uh, you know Facebook, you know, and Instagram, loving that stuff, you know, follow me, the Darren Stott. This time next year, you're going to see a lot of stuff. And it didn't happen next year, because it's happening right now. Right now, I am creating lots of crazy stuff. But you won't see it till the next year, maybe the year after that. i got lots of stuff going on at one time. i got lots of seed in the ground. And all the time I'm sowing, and our team is sowing, and the people around me are sowing. You're sowing. So what are, you, what are you seeing? Not here. Man, this is, by the way, terribly overrated, all, all this. like I'm not putting down the natural. But I'm saying the Spirit's just as real as this. uh, Paul would actually say that if you can see it, it's temporal. Tesla's stinking awesome. You can get a used one, 30,000 miles for about $30,000, there about. Why do I know that? I don't know. (laughs) Stinking awesome. You can see it. It's temporal. So, you can love it one day, but the day will come, it's rusting somewhere, and no one cares about it. And Paul would say, if you can see it here, it's temporal. But if you can see it there, it's forever, it's eternal. And Paul would say, you are already seeing it there. Your spirit's already seeing. It's just that we're not discerning the data, and we've idolized this here and now, thinking that." The life that we here have here on earth is everything, and that when we die, it's going to be so sad. And it's just because we have no revelation of when the begin actually was, and when the end... Well, what's the end? So what are you seeing right now? And in order to see what I'm talking about, in order to see the true place where... Actually, why would Paul... Why would Paul say... Take, uh, like, arrest, capture, vain imagination. Like, any sort of vain imagination. Capture it. Take it, ha- like, arrest it. Read it. You have the right to it. Good Pfft Ah! <laughs> 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 vain imagination. Why would he say that? Because Paul knows that the imagination is your creation station, and what you're dwelling on is just a matter of time until you're actually engaging with it in this realm. Now flip it. Take your righteous, sanctified imagination. You've repented, so you've come up, as Bill Johnson would say, into the penthouse. Repent means to come up to the penthouse. Now you're seeing differently. So you close your eyes here so that you can see there. Yeah. And then you can be like Jesus, the patterned son, sonship, yeah? I see it, I speak it, in time I step into it, and people say, that's not fair, why, where is it, how, it was, it wasn't random, it wasn't random, it wasn't random. You step into, not random favor, you step into prophetic favor. Prophetic means to foretell, to see into the future. You see the future. You speak it into the present, knowing it's just a matter of time until you step into it. But as soon as you see it, it's already there. There's stuff that I've seen, it's already there. I'm just submitted to time, and then I'm stepping into it. It's getting deep. Yeah, yeah. And then everything starts everything starts changing because during worship you don't wor- you're not worshiping like the way you used to, because during worship it, it, there used to be so much energy and I love energy you know you, I don't know if you saw me do it I was like break dancing spinning on but like th- like there are these times now when like during worship, I just find myself just like darren, what are you doing I'm, I'm seeing okay, let's talk. I wasn't going to do this, but Squirrel. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Tonight has already been written. So we're submitted to time, but it's already, right? So the reason why there's prophecy is because the timeline's already been established. So a prophet looks down the timeline, looks into the future, that which has already been written, and just reads what's already been written into the present, and then we're like, yes! That's exactly, thank you! Or, no, okay, Jesus, whatever, right? But, so this is what we're learning to do. We're learning to, like yesterday, go into tonight, hold tonight in our hearts, see tonight, speak the favor of God and blessing over tonight, so that when we come into this room tonight, it's already been framed up, and we step into this place of rest, Therefore, we're not in all this warfare and all, all this kind of crazy crazy stuff because we've we've already we've already kind of been there and done that, and now we're just kind of we're caught up now. So we went we did some outreach the other day, and before we went to the mall, we went to the mall, and we went and we and we began declaring peace, and and then we went to the mall. And there was a rest and favor, and pe- people got saved, all kinds of ministry. We had ministry teams going table to table all through the food court. In the presence of God it was just all through the, what's that? It's creativity, creating, hovering in the chaos, seeing it, speaking it, seeing it manifest. And that's what Jesus, that's why Jesus said, if you see seeing me doing it here, I've already seen it there. If I speak it here, I've already heard it there. And that's where everything's going to become a lot more colorful and we're going to start seeing a more efficient form of Christianity, which means that it's going to be more like Christ and, and less like Walmart. <laughs> I love Walmart. I love, love Sam Walton. So this is my point. Create time to begin seeing. Listening practicing listening prayer. The Lord loves to hear your song. He loves to hear your voice. But we're coming into a time when we're going to have to be hearing the Father. And we're coming into a time, you can even sense it now, of such kind of weirdness and volatility within the culture, where in order to be salt and light, we're going to have to be spending time in in the presence of the light of the Father. Instead of trying to manufacture light through good ideas, so it's time to begin creating time where it's just all about Him, enjoying Him, receiving from Him, seeing from Him, so that we can be so that we can begin the genesis of each day with a fresh download, and that'll give us purpose. And we know that that's coming from our place of identity, which frames up our authority. And then our destiny is no longer five years from now. Our destiny is today living out of the place of function as a son. See it? Everyone just say, I will see it. I will speak it. And I will enjoy it. Because isn't it funny? Like, like when God was done, he, what did he, he looked at it. And he was like... Nailed it! <laughs> he was like, it's good, yes. We missed that. We missed that. We, we go into some of those amazing meetings, and some of those incredible glory meetings. You know, the saddest part is that, you know, Smith Wigglesworth never realized who he was and what he was functioning. In while he was here on earth, he was always looking to the future, the future place that was about to come. Azusa Street. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't take the time to appreciate what they actually had there. They were. They. They. They, they were too busy uh, pressing forward into the future. That every revival, every revivalist, it's the story read God's generals. There's this continual. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. 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 more! More, more. You're not doing enough, not doing enough, not doing enough. Do more, do more, do more, do more. Ah! More. What did God do? God was like, pfft, 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 pfft. yes, this is good. And then what did he do? He rested. Day seven, he rested. He established a rhythm for creation. You create. You work. You work. You work. And then you wake up and you work again. Because working is not godly, it's godlike. And when you work, you're flexing your godlikeness. When you're working and you're working with all your heart as your worship unto the Lord, that place of caring is creating an atmosphere where God begins to influence things and begins to change hearts. The moment Christians begin caring about what they're actually doing in the marketplace, we won't have to talk about seven mountains, I'm telling you. The mountain of God will be established because our hearts, we are carrying our careers in our hearts, and our employer in our hearts. We're not working for a paycheck. We're working unto the Lord. It's our, it's our worship. And now our work is our worship. And in the same way that we create an atmosphere in a meeting like tonight with beautiful worship, now your worship continues on Monday morning. And now you're functioning with this creativity. You're creating from this... Uh, you're actually... You're not even working. You're creating... Companies like um, uh, uh, Gore-Tex, I don't even know the name of it, I was just reading about it this last week. You know the Gore-Tex brand? They have hundreds of new products coming out all the time, all the time, all the time. And the reason why is because they have empowered every single employee to create new products. And what they have have done is they said, we don't have a creative branch of our company. This whole company is creative, therefore you're going to be held accountable to be creating it's time for kingdom expressions to begin to value. We are all created in the image and likeness of the creator. Therefore, you will be held accountable to see it there. Speak it. Enjoy it. Rest. You're doing good. It is good. Yeah. I, I did this the other day. I was going through my Instagram, looking at all the photos of this year. And I would, I would look at five or six photos and I'd say, it is good. And I'd go and look at another ten photos and say, this is so good. And I'd go and look at another ten photos, fifteen photos and say, this is good. And then I, I, I was overcome by the presence of the Lord and said, God, this has been such a good year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Creativity requires risk. And that's why there's been such a battle. That's why you have such an incredible storyline. That's why you have such an incredible idea. That's why there's this ministry expression. That's why there's all this stuff. And, and, um, and that's why there's so much resistance around this gift because there's a battle for shalom. There's a battle for peace on the earth. And that's what your creativity releases. It releases a countercultural expression of the kingdom that will bring peace and joy on the earth. And the enemy will do everything possible to typecast you, to frame you, to defeat you, to get you to disappear. That's why there's so much insecurity. That's why so-and-so said such-and-such such when you were a little boy, when you were a little girl. That's why when you begin doing something, all of a sudden you see somebody else that does it better than you. You created a blog about, cre- about cooking the perfect apple pie. And then so and so at church did the same thing. Her pictures are better than you. She's got more comments than you. Everybody loves her blog and everybody loves her apple pie. And no one has even said a word about your apple pie. And you make really good apple pies. Do her apple pie right. So you quit. And we fall into this, and it's called comparison. Where we're always comparing ourselves to other people. And then we feel like we don't measure up. Or we actually feel like we're better than somebody else, but why isn't anybody affirming us? And why isn't anybody seeing us? That I'm way more prophetic than that dude. Why don't, what's a brother got to do to get a mic around here? Jeez, I am, I am accurate. I can teach way better than that guy. I can play the guitar way better. I'm way better on the keyboard. Or I'll never be like that guy. I'll never be like Andrew. That guy is stinking insane. I can't sing like that guy. I can't nobody's gonna want this. That's that's the resistance, that's the enemy, and it's been coming at you ever since the day you were created to keep you from creating and to convince you that it's your role to just. Be alive, survive, be moral, responsible, diversify, recycle, be merry. Tomorrow you may die, and then when you go to heaven, then you'll be happy. And that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. By all means, be moral and recycle and invest into your 401k, but life is more than that. And you can do all that. (laughs) Enough about that. Lean into the resistance. I wrote a book. um, It's it's back there in 2016. It's great. You should buy a couple. It's, yeah, it's one of the best books since Pilgrim's Progress. (laughs) In The Shack. (laughs) If you love The Shack, you're going to love Pattern. (laughs) They're nothing alike. (laughs) Everyone seems to love The Shack, so maybe it'll be a movie. It would be the most ADD movie you've ever seen. You'd be like, And now something completely different. You know, Squirrels. <laughs> here we go. But, um, you'll love the book. Um, can I tell you something? And this, this, I'm going to use some language here. When I was writing that book, can I tell you what I would what hear every time I went to write? This is crap. Every time I'd go and write, this is crap. That's the voice that I heard. And every time I went to write, I had to lean into the resistance and push against that. Because that's the voice that's holding me back to create something and to release something that I have in my heart that I believe deserves the right to be shared. For me, it wasn't hitting a share button. For me, it was taking the time to write out 30,000, 35,000 words that was data in my heart that I wanted to export, so that I can share it. And now that it's out there, there's no taking it back. It's out there. It's not. Crap. Listen now. Once you hit share, once you hit pound, once you hit enter, once you play that chord, once you say that word, once you create that diagram, once you create that, that business plan, and once you begin to share it, there ain't no taking it back because now it's out there. You've taken the content from your heart, and you've put it out there. And there's stuff in you that needs to be shared. you got solutions in you. There's justice in you. It's time to create. You're created in the image and the likeness of a creator. And here's what happens. You get one thing out there, and then you realize, wow, that wasn't so bad. Let's do it again. There's more in me. and It's like the second you begin to give, all of a sudden you begin to receive, and you give, and you receive, and you give, and you receive, and you give, and you receive, and then before you know it, there's a flow of abundance. There's a flow of supply, and guess what? There's a flow of finances. There's function, and then there's beauty. We need creativity to see both. There's Facebook, and then there's Snapchat. I don't get the Snapchat deal. Facebook is so practical. I can create an event and stuff. I can tag you. I I, I can see if I'm winning by how many likes and stuff I got. On Snapchat, how do you know if you're winning? Like on Snapchat, there's no like, how do you know if what you did is cool or not? Like, you got bunny rabbit ears and a weird nose and whiskers, like, like how do you know if, if, if that's... You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get Snapchat, but this is what I know. Facebook is highly functional. Snapchat is all about the beauty and the aesthetic, the augmented reality, and both are taking off. Maybe what you create is going to be functional. Maybe it's going to meet a need. You meet one need, there'll be a dollar behind that need. You meet a million needs, there'll be a million dollars behind that creative expression. You figure out a way to serve a billion people. There will be a billion dollars without you even trying, without you even selling. You learn how to wash people's feet in a way that their feet are not being washed right now. Do you forget about the money? The money will be there. Get your eyes off the money. You focus on the uniqueness and the distinctiveness. You focus on the creative expression and the spirit of excellence, and you do it well. And the abundance and supply will be behind it, and it's time for you to prosper because of the contents of heaven that's being expressed on the earth. And I, it's, it's, it's great to serve other people's vision, but there's too many kingdom creators that have been serving other people's vision that have no supernatural perception. And what if the people of God began to serve other people that were seeing things there and, and created here, and all of a sudden we got to see new technologies, new, new, new forms of beauty, new forms of function, but it was coming through the kingdom. What if, we, what if we only ate at the restaurants that were owned by the people in the church, and we didn't do it to be polite, we did it because their food was the best. Because they were getting recipes in heaven, and they're bringing it to earth. I don't cook it here unless the Father first cooked it there. You ready to take some risk? ready to hit share, you're ready to start opening your mouth, you're ready to start showing up, you're ready to start talking to your spouse again, you're ready to start living again. Because if you're not creating, you're not living. And it's time to stop dying. It's time to stop preparing for death. It's time to stop worshipping death. It's time to start preparing for life. It's time to start living from life. It's start, time to start living abundant life. You're not wrapping something up. You're building something up. You're a kingdom creator. It's time to come up. You're a son. You're a son. You're an inheritor. You're an heir. You have a voice. Time to come up.